0: Really, stop crying. You've got a lot to look forward to, you know. A normal human life on Earth. Mortgage repayments, the nine to five, a persistent nagging sense of spiritual emptiness.
1: Save the tears for later, boyo. <laughs>
2: Hello everyone and welcome to the Whovian Interview. I'm Michael.
3: I'm Shelby.
1: Collins on the case. And guess what? You guessed it. I'm Jace.
2: Tonight we're going to the penultimate episode of Season 6, which is Closing Time. And uh, let me just start off by saying that, sadly, one of the actresses who was in it, who is also known as Val, the character, Um, her name is Linda Barron. She actually was in Enlightenment... And also in the Gunfighters, she sadly passed away recently.
3: Oh, well, she was she did an excellent job. What not an endearing character? Oh, she was hilarious. I mean, she was just like was just like so happy to like have absolutely no idea what anyone's talking about, and just like celebrating the fact of like, oh, you guys are such cute cute couple. She was just like clearly a hopeless romantic, and just like generally happy and you know, helpful person. Like what a charming individual. And I love that about her. Like she was just like, Oh, you and your partner, how cute, how sweet. Of course, I'll just
1: watch your baby as you just wander off into absolutely, I have no idea this. Yeah. You know, she She was like, yes, I'm so glad you guys got back together. A parent or a child deserves two parents and all this kinds of stuff. She was just a sweetie and just like a random, just like comic relief of the entire episode.
2: (laughs) She embraces the East, the essence of someone who is absolutely behind uh, that kind of thing, a hundred percent, without even with, with with a pure heart. There isn't really anything what do you mean that kind of negative. Thing? Just uh, just the romance, the romance and the, the love that that she thought that the doctor and
0: oh, and you mean probably the time Craig and stuff. Had, I see.
2: Yeah, I think she just had that pureness about her that she. I mean, she wasn't judging it. She wasn't. She wasn't thinking much about it. She was just seeing how awesome it was, and just pur- pouring her heart out and I heard so on into
1: They would have made a really cute couple because you had one that was chaotic and freaking out all the other all the time, and then there was the other one that was more balanced and stable, being like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do."
3: Yeah, but like we, the previous time we saw Craig, it was like a love story with him and Sophie, so they couldn't like destroy that. Well, that's (laughs) what made this so funny.
0: But then the doctor proclaimed his undying love for Craig in the elevator shaft. We can't forget about that. Yeah. Oh my God! All technically, yeah. they
3: were under the store at that point.
1: Oh well, you know, in the teleporter. To be fair, they weren't under the range. store or on Earth. They were on a like a freaking spaceship. They, no, they no, they weren't. There. They weren't. Oh, they were. No, well, they, they weren't. We're on a, were on a spaceship, but underground, right?
3: Okay. Oh yeah, I, I guess they, I thought they, they were just
0: teleported onto well, space. Well,
3: the doctor thought that at the time, and he, it turns out he was wrong, which is actually he thought it was up in space. well, you know, th- that's actually like a really interesting uh, theme through this whole episode. Is the doctor, you know, is off his game because he's really worried about the fact that he's about to die tomorrow, and he's you know going on this you know whole farewell tour thing, and it's really sweet that one of the things he does is go and visit you know his friend and Craig from the previous season, and it's, you know, but but we really, I don't know where I was going with this. You guys pick it up. Well, you know, I think I resonate
0: with a lot of that, but I think, you know, what we're also seeing from the Doctor is a loss of his companions. We're seeing a loss of Rory and Amy, and we see Rory and Amy a little later in this episode, um, and it's a really touching moment for the Doctor, but you, you see a whole range of emotion. There's, there's a sadness there, there's a happiness to see Amy and Rory, but you can tell that there's a longing um, that he has to... Like, he, he's mourning um, the loss of them, and I, I think that's why he goes to Craig, and he's still struggling with it throughout this relationship. Can I have companions Is this a thing? Am I just a monster? Um, and I think Craig does a lot to, you know, be a great rebound companion... And reassure him that, hey, you you need people, and this is an okay thing to do. Even if, you know, it's on the Doctor's last legs, or last perceived ones, at least.
1: <laughs> I find it interesting how on the Doctor's kind of pre-to-last-day existing, he went, he went and visited Craig. Did anyone else find that kind of interesting? Because in the episode prior, excuse me, he... Um, said goodbye to Amy and Rory, and in that same exact ring, he did kind of have, like, a one-off kind of companion-like situation, so, like, the day before he died, that's who he chose to visit, someone just simple, someone easy, someone he could reconnect with, which turned out to be this whole adventure that he didn't really account for
3: that's true and it's but it also kind of is like calls back to when uh david tennant that you know the tenth doctor his regeneration he had that little bit of time before he actually died and uh we he went and visited you know his various companions and the people that he missed Mm -hmm. and i think he was looking at amy and rory like you know if i say hi to them then they're gonna get pulled back into this And the whole theme, too, was basically saying, because he, Craig was
1: basically saying, the only place I know that I'm safe is around you, and him just being like, anyone who's around me is in danger at all times.
3: Yeah.
2: I think to further your David Tennant idea is that the one person that the Tenth Doctor goes back to see isn't any actual companion to begin with. It's Wilf, who is kind of a one-off person that he meets briefly and then realizes this is a good guy, I want to go see him. And, oh, I, and meant, de- I
3: meant after that one. No, I know. You know.
2: I, afterwards, but I'm just saying it, there's a definite correlation between yeah. the ten, 11th Doctor's apparent death and him going to see someone that may not be as significant in his life, but he just wants to be there for that person or just to go see that person one more time. Just
0: I mean, I, honestly, I, I totally disagree with that. I, I don't think that there's necessarily a correlation there at all, because me, you know, just as a lay person who hasn't even you know, met any of them in real life, I would go and visit Wilf first. Wilf is my bro. Like, I'm, I'm going straight to Wilf, you know, nine times out of ten. I, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, the how, <laughs> how much of an acquaintance, you know, or a deep yeah. relationship it is. Well, and I think you that know, was I, also I a callback he, to Donna. Connection.
3: He missed Donna and went back to see Wilf because of that. But I'm just a Wilf fan.
1: My question is: How many times does a the doctor know knows he's gonna die, and b does the doctor go back and revisit like these types of people in his past? I'm not very familiar with. I think it's really
3: just the two, right?
1: So I if mean, it's just the two. Then
2: the only other the only other time the doctor revisits his own companions is in his death, and that's one thing that was established in the classic series, not necessarily seeing them or going and visiting them but more just having them in his mind when he's about to pass so he'll see them uh, as he's dying
3: well i mean that makes sense i mean who would you think about when you're dying it's going to be the people that you love my My
2: companions which which is what my point
3: was yeah and (laughs) the doctor actually refers to craig as his companion in this episode yeah
0: and he does and, and but flirts with the idea of using partner instead
3: yeah Although, but let's be real, it's never really been a partner dynamic. The Doctor's always kind of in charge. (laughs) You know? Um, But there were a lot of great callbacks in here. We've got the Doctor showing up to Craig's house and saying, oh, you've redecorated, I don't like it. That's actually, like, a line that the Doctor, like, has come up repeatedly for the Doctor. Second
2: Doctor, especially. Yeah,
3: and, uh, Yeah. There's plenty of examples of it. And then also we've got, you know, Amy, who's now a model, has uh, a perfume, you know, for the girl who's tired of waiting, obvious callback to the girl who waited, and Petrichor, the uh, smell of dust after rain, which was revealed by the TARDIS as part of a passcode to get into an old control room when they were uh, being chased by House who had taken over the TARDIS. Well, that's an Easter
0: egg that went way over my head. (laughs) Petrocore.
3: Eh? Yeah. We also see some, uh... Some in-depth, you know, some sadness for the Doctor. He's really, you know, freaking out. He's actually talking about his emotions, like... To people, well, which what, is what you crazy you're about to die? Well, well, that's the thing is, like, we really see him being scared. And then he he screws up repeatedly when facing the, you know, the villains in this. He keeps making wrong assumptions and not, you know, thinking through the problem all the way. And then, like, his one thing that he actually did, which was reprogramming the Cyberman, just didn't come to fruition. The Cyberman just stepped on it and was like, nah, you failed. And it was just, like, repeated, you know, failure. And it, but at the end, it was just like he—he he got a victory. He just got like handed a freebie of like, okay, Doctor, yeah, you can you can have this one. You can have this nice thing. It was just.
0: is the power of the companion. Kind of, Craig was right. He doesn't know it, but he needs he needs that.
3: Yeah, he needs and see. he does, and and it and was, it was especially just
0: especially
3: apparent in this episode. Well, yeah, and it was like the Doctor finally managed to you know have a little. You know, hope and and see some of his you know faith that he has in humanity, callback to God complex, uh, you know, kind of come through, and it was uh, it, it was sweet and it was very like emotional and very much a character piece. I felt like. Well, it was it was really
2: nice to see keep in um, the doctor keeps his uh, characterization because he actually is describing his feelings to people that either don't understand him or are completely asleep. So he's constantly talking about his feelings, but true to his typical nature, he doesn't actually tell anybody his feelings until the very, very end when he has to tell Craig in the moment what's happening. Well, he does
3: try to tell Craig earlier, but Craig falls asleep. Exactly. So, like, it it wasn't it It wasn't like he waited till Craig was asleep and then like whispered the truth to him.
2: No, I agree with that, but it's just it kind of goes with the theme of the show. The doctor doesn't always get his his own feelings out there, yeah. <laughs> what did you all think of um the the camaraderie or the the interaction between Craig and the doctor in this episode? Oh
3: well, it was. Good chemistry. Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, James Corden, who plays Craig, is hilarious. And, you know, and, and they both, you know, clearly have, yeah, great on-screen chemistry, probably off-screen, I assume, as well. And, like, it, it was kind of nice seeing, you know, that they didn't lose any of that from the last time.
2: Definitely. I think it was actually better. I think, I think the
3: but it acting should have kind of— been.
2: Well, the acting, I felt, was a little bit better because they had more to do. There was more emotion and more of an emotional impact. Plus, you had Stormageddon, which we haven't even mentioned yet. Stormageddon being um, Alfie. Alfie's ego. I like how Stormageddon was
1: actually, like, a character in this episode. Like, it wasn't just Craig and the Doctor. Like, Stormageddon was a genuine, like, voice
3: in this through the Doctor. (laughs)
2: And, and the do- and the doctor speaks baby, apparently. Yeah,
3: well, well, that's actually, we already knew <clears throat> that because he spoke uh, baby to Melody Pond
2: when she was first born. This is true. Um, I will say that one of my grievances with this episode is that the plot does become a little flimsy. It does make There's sense. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, it, do- it does make sense that you defeat Cybermen with feelings. But the way they went about it just seemed a little bit I don't know, hokey over the top, it's a little the bit power
3: of love. Do, 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 do. Although I did like that the the doctor, you know just kind of dismissed that and was like no it wasn't love it was this scientific explanation and then was like oh no that's right I'll, I'll just be nice no <laughs> yeah,
0: but I think it kind of was just love though yeah I mean he was really like actually this is what you need to do express your love And like it really was
2: yeah love. you've got and this I,
0: and I think that's, that's why it's hokey and I, I think what it is too I mean we, we went throughout this whole podcast without mentioning, we, we, we uh, side-mentioned a Cyberman, but this was a Cyberman episode.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the
0: the, the Cybermen, part- like, presented more or less zero threat until we teleported ourselves into the den of the Cybermen and let them grab us. The, the and, problem um, is... around, And then it was just defeated in a quick moment where, like, we got you. There's no hope. And it's like, by the way, I love my son. You can't deal with that. We win. And,
3: Plus it belittles the other parents who have been converted into cybermen presumably while their kids are in the next room screaming.
0: Yeah, and and the non-parents that have, you know, really deep emotional connections with other humans and value their emotions and and want to keep them and express
1: them. Um, But with regards to, like, the baby thing you also have to keep in mind, like, Craig got you know, this whole situation like thrust it upon him be- and he was like oh I'm not a good parent like my own baby doesn't even consider me dad just like someone who isn't mom and the fact that like you know the baby crying is what brought him out of that and that baby then started calling him father was kind of like the point of all this, you know? like I, sure, I, didn't I didn't
0: actually hear him calling him father at all. I didn't hear say anything. I heard the baby strange. say doctor. That's what I heard.
1: <laughs> he did say doctor. The baby's first word was Just doctor. because you can't
3: speak baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, but actually, I do have a potential explanation that, you know, can't give too much credit to them because they didn't actually provide this as an explanation, but... You could argue that, you know, earlier in the first time we saw Craig, the doctor, like, uploaded a significant portion of his own mind into Craig's. Like, so much so that Craig could actually understand, you know, Amy through a scrambled message because the doctor could, like, and he, like, knows all this stuff. So it's possible that some of that, you know, mental transfer made his brain partially incompatible with the cyber technology in the same way that the doctor's incompatible. Possibly. I I
0: think, if anything, like, that whole thing just opens up a lot more questions for me, like... Um, but he got these language powers, but not for, you know, his baby language. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it does seem like he has still a lot of knowledge gaps about the well, doctor.
2: there's a good you know, explanation for that, it. is that he, his self-confidence in being a good father, which is possibly a more threatening uh, <laughs> problem in this story, that probably is where that all comes from. I, I think if you look at Craig, he was he was really worried about whether he was a good dad, and so that may suppress his ability to understand his own kid. But he starts understanding him throughout the episode as time goes on, which is kind of a yeah. Nice but, but but impression. not he doesn't
3: understand what he's saying.
2: No, 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 not not in that regard. But he he starts yeah. understanding the needs of the child and the and whatnot. And I think that that's kind of where that was going. Um, I don't think he's going to become the Doctor and know everything the Doctor knows. I mean, the Doctor has the TARDIS, which allows him to understand just about anything um, except extreme ancient uh, dialects and, and speech. But I think, yeah, the Cybermen weren't really that threatening. The Cybermat itself in this episode was more threatening because we were worried about um, Alfie being chomped on by, by a little tin rat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I actually appreciated that they didn't go down the obvious baby abduction route that I think we were all feeling there for a moment that they could have gone down. Um, <laughs> and just had them over like, okay, yeah, you can actually leave a child down for thirty seconds to save another human life. It's not going to be a tragic thing that happens, you know, most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> most
2: of the time. Yeah, most of
0: the time. Most of the time.
2: Yeah, they didn't go with. Tropes. I mean, the
0: doctor did take the time to carefully put the baby in a sling. Although then he did suspiciously take a lot of other time to warm up his hands and really approach his entry. And then even after he breaks through the glass, he takes that extra second or two to make sure there's no glass in his hair and that it looks okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then going oh to, uh, to, to take his sonic screwdriver to, to um, you know, help crank. It was, you know, he saw him struggling for quite some time before he got off the phone, put the baby down, did his whole <laughs> wind-up approach. And then even on the inside, made, you know, so presentable, but we're doing several different functions. So, but yeah, I, I guess it goes back to the doctor. what says, Craig must be really strong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's one scene in this episode that really doesn't have anything to do with this particular episode, but it has to do with the season long arc. And that's the coda at the end with River Song, which I yes. thought was pretty spectacularly done. Um, Bringing back Madame Kavorian and having her take River Song, putting her in the astronaut suit, and then putting her in a certain bit of
3: water—presumably Lake Silencio. Indeed, you know, it was fairly impactful,
0: but you know, was very disjointed with the rest of this episode. Um, really, completely off off theme, off tone. It was—it was like its really own thing. Like I, I wasn't for a second. I was like oh, we're, we're here, you know, seeing the preview for the next episode now. Um, but no, this was a part of the same episode, too.
3: Well, I mean, although it... it I'm not
0: saying it wasn't, it's not going to be important or that it wasn't... A, a it, good, it, I, was I mean, it's, it's, not a out, like it's not a complete out...
3: Like, it's not a complete outlier because, like, the whole episode, the Doctor is, you know, struggling with the fact that he's about to die and then it's like you get another piece of information about how that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But I think disjointed would still be appropriate. In terms
3: of yeah, for sure. It you know it was definitely
0: and not bad. Just you know, is totally a much darker, much different
3: tone. Totally. Well, they also skipped you know several thousand years in the future too. Yeah. But it was an awesome you know sequence, and of course you know we revealed we've gotten a lot of a lot of hints and suggestions of you know. That river is, you know, in prison for killing the doctor, and here we actually have some, you know, it's all confirmation. To line up. Yeah,
2: it does kind of wrap up the the season long arc in a sense. Several with, seasons with regards to her with, with the reveal because it yeah. gives us a conclusion to her character, and it, I mean, it kind of made sense where it was all going, but. It just solidifies it. Yeah. Which Stephen Moffat did do a decent job of towards the end of his seasons, especially the last two. So,
3: What do you mean? I thought the Song storyline was always extremely strong.
2: No, I know. I'm just saying in terms of his season-long arcs, oh, he typically would, especially uh, at the end of season uh, seven, you, you get a lot of answers to a lot of things that are going wrong or going on.
3: Well, you kind of have to at that point.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I guess it's time to rate this episode.
3: Michael, did you want to start us off?
2: Sure. Why not? Um, Mm -hmm. This is an episode where (laughs) there's a gasp from everyone. Um, This episode was kind of an oddity because it is kind of a sloth kind of episode where they didn't really have a lot of meat and potatoes yet at the same time. They did kind of find a way to stick a lot of meat potatoes in this episode because of things that were to come. Um, The overall plot, it was it was funny. It was meant to be funny. Question: What does
1: meat and potatoes mean?
2: The substance. The substance of it, yeah. There's, I mean, it was supposed to be one that didn't. That was more just like a fun episode. But it gotcha. turned out to have a lot more substance that
1: we weren't expecting Gotcha, add. I just didn't understand that. you continue? sorry. Okay. I know,
3: and then you, like, mocked us for like, answering your question. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, fun fact, I'm the vegan of the group, but and I made the joke off of that to the side by winking at them, but I genuinely didn't know what, like, the meat and potatoes of the episode genuinely meant.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a uh, generational thing, it's like root canal. <laughs>
1: For context, I recently had a root canal done, and I didn't realize that it had the reputation of being this horrible dental procedure, because for me, it went very smoothly and yeah, I
0: Yeah, a true cliche for bad things, there's like, you know, usually when you're joking about it, it's like, oh yeah, I, I love
1: it, it's like having a root canal. Mine went smoothly, so I guess it is a generational thing, but you may continue now that I understand what the meat and potatoes substance reference means.
2: Um, I'm not sure where I was, but I mean will potatoes. say that. Well, no, I was beyond that, but it's okay. Um, I'm just gonna give this episode a 6.5 out of 10.
0: All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Um, so there's a lot to like about this episode. I do think you know uh, James and Matt had some good chemistry. I mean, even so much that the department store all thought that they had a little bit more chemistry than they actually did. Um, I I thought it was uh, a really heartwarming episode, and I thought it really showed a lot of great range for Matt Smith, um, in his acting ability. Um, I also liked the cameo from, uh, Rory and Amy. It felt like a nice little break in this episode. Um, but you're right, not, not too much of a strong plot. I mean, the fact that it's a Cyberman episode is a real afterthought. Like, it, it feels like that really didn't come together. And the way that it was wrapped up was was admittedly hokey and a little cliche and and jippy. Um, the the end does give a lot to be like interested in the next episode and what's to come, but um, I, it does feel like it was you know kind of plopped in there with a very different tone, very different kind of uh, um, whole setting um, and and different characters too. Like there's there really isn't much to connect it other than a general theme that there might be end of days or end of times for the Doctor. Um, but a, a lot of heartwarming nature, um, but a lot of you know pitfalls too, and and just things that could be you know better, and I think more top tier. Um, Michael, I really resonate with your rating, and it's going to keep consistent with me. I'm going to give it a six point five out of ten.
1: Hmm. I don't quite agree with your rating, but it's not that much of an upgrade. I'm not get it upgrade. I'm uh, <laughs> <upset>. <laughs> um, Never. I probably would rate this episode at a seven, only because I think we kind of underappreciate the kind of more dark elements of this episode. Like this was the adventure that the Doctor chose to have right before his death. Like it wasn't some big, monumentous, monumentous, have you seen monumental, that word? monumental thing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, thing. It was more, let me visit a friend, and oh, this is happening. Um situation. I thought it was a pretty good episode. I we learned a lot from Craig. We learned a lot about what it's like to you know be a father who is trying their very darndest to try to raise their child, but doesn't quite have like the inherent biological motherly instincts as you know a mother does, but is still like a capable parent. And I I really do appreciate that. As stupid as it sounds, as we discussed earlier, there is the whole generational gap between me and the rest of the um my podcasting companions but one thing that i kind of not that old. <laughs> well there isn't that big like there's maybe like a 10 year difference it's not a lot but my point of view is you guys probably didn't grow up with hannah montana i grew up with hannah montana and for me hannah montana was a show in which you know there was miley stewart and jackson stewart Um, being raised by a single father because their mother had passed away. And in this episode, it was a father trying to prove that they are more than capable as being, you know, a parent similar to or as equal to as the mom and the doctor kind of reinforcing that. And I know that 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 sounds really, really stupid, but given my personal background and, you know, growing up with, like, air quote, diverse TV shows, that's something that really resonated with me. Um, how much, like, the father genuinely do does care about, you know, their babies. And how, you know, there is that woman who was like, Oh, you guys are clearly parents because you both care about the well-being of this child and care about, you know, each other and are both investigating whatever the hell is going on in the shopping mall with these electronic rats and stuff, you know? Um, but, yeah, I thought it had cute meaning in that regard and also with going back to, like, the whole, like, darker, um, elements of this episode, like, this was the endeavor that the doctor chose, um, before his death, like, this is the, this is the last time we, air quote see the doctor before he dies, and the next episode is where we see the doctor dies, and at the end of the episode, we see River being put into that astronaut sh- suit being sent off to be the person who kills the doctor something we see episodes prior and we also see River mourning that death so it's just like building us up for like what's going to happen you know this is this is the doctor's death episode before his actual death this is how he chose to go out and I feel like that's just really kind of eerie So that's why I chose to give it kind of a seven. I think it was a okay episode, Cybermen episode that was underwhelming, but it was still a Cybermen episode. It was more focused on just, you know, character development, and I appreciated it. I think it needed to have
3: happened, and that's all I have to say. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think just, like, two more things we, we forgot to mention on here is that we actually see the Doctor get the... Uh, the cowboy hat that he was wearing in the first episode um right before he, he dies and then we he also gets the blue envelopes that you know he uses to invite everyone including himself to witness his death well I guess his younger self didn't actually witness it but um I thought you know it We get a decent number of episodes that are character pieces in Doctor Who, but we very rarely get one where one of the characters is the doctor that, you know, they're highlighting, and the other one is, you know, a companion. So we actually get some, like, really in-depth character development for characters that, you know, we see multiple times, which is kind of nice and refreshing. And we do have that last sequence, which was, you know, phenomenal. And I think that bumps it up a little bit, um, in my mind. But again, as was mentioned before, there was, you know, not much to the plot in this one. And also... It didn't make any sense when the Doctor uses a sonic screwdriver to change that lamp into, like, all these different colors, and then there was, like, a shooting star that went across it and stuff, like, what? I mean, it was beautiful, but, like, come on, that didn't even need to be in there. Uh, but, again, we see the Doctor interacting with children, and the 11th Doctor always does, you know, ultimately well with connecting with children, at, you, you know, despite being awkward and stuff. I am going to give this episode a 7.
2: I, I will point out that the acting in this episode was great. I think the the, the main issue is that the Cybermen are kind of undermined. They're they're ha. they're cheapened.
3: Quite literally.
2: <laughs> yeah, quite literally. But it now granted it was interesting because the Cybermen themselves were in dire situation. They were mechanically having to create new Cybermen and they're ba- they were they were barely surviving themselves. They look battered, torn up, and they seem to be lower on energy. Um, they obviously this was a crashed spaceship,
3: so but they did manage to kill a handful of people. Was there?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, was there a reason that they didn't like were able to fix that? Like they're like based on planet Earth, like they can take all the people they wanted to upgrade.
2: I mean, it seems that way, but they do, but they don't or they haven't or they maybe they, they just need woke more up energy.
0: They,
2: they they i mean these are very weak cybermen it's not your typical cyberman story so <laughs> with that said that's probably why a lot of people took issue with the cybermen themselves you could almost take them out of the plot and throw anything in there and just have a monster of the week episode well, with and
3: that's why they didn't because then they'd have to explain something about the monster this one they could just throw it in
2: well, you could still have the same yeah, device no, of um, no, Craig saying, going totally. after his yeah. son. It just may not have used emotions as the
3: issue. Although you know what, I loved uh, watching the Doctor working in a shop, <laughs> and and definitely well, looks like doctor, choice to all those yeah. kids and
2: stuff. It seems like something the Eleventh Doctor would actually do.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a
2: lot that because he, he's just running all over the store and everything else, which makes sense
3: yeah because every time you know something's going wrong the eleventh doctor tries to like combat it by being super goofy or super uh, you know and then crazy. Fa- right and then and then fails <laughs> usually yeah
2: or or learns from his mistakes along the way At any rate well, hope you have a wonderful night thank you for listening to tonight's episode and next time we'll be doing the final new who doctor who episode we will have been caught up with every single new doctor who
3: episode all right talk to you guys then